Okay, thanks everyone for coming to the uh, Serious Security Seminar tonight. To uh, Today I'm, I'm pleased to introduce our speaker, Charles Kamwa. Charles is with the U.S. Army Research Lab. Uh, he's located in Maryland currently, spent a previous number of years with the uh, um, with uh, AFRL in Rome, New York, and he's also been at uh, educational institutions across the country and around the world for, for a number of years. So his uh, current expertise um, focus is on game theoretic use of cybersecurity and I will also tell you that he has uh, just been named as one of the top 100 uh, federal uh, researchers so that's an honor that uh, we're very pleased mm -hmm. to, to announce uh, to all that he has earned and not only that but he's uh, a new father so, th so that's probably the that's probably <laughs> the number one thing on the list so thank you thank you so with that I'll uh, turn it over to Dr. Kamwa Yes, thank you for coming. Thank you for your time. So we're going to be here for around 50 minutes. So feel free to ask any question along the way. Do not wait for the end. And uh, starting with the title. So I do not know how many of you, just by a show of hand, are familiar with game theory. Yes, so for those who are not in the popular culture, maybe you have seen the movie A Beautiful Mind, and uh, that movie features John Nash, one of the father of uh, game theory. So what about the uh, cyber deception? Yes, so basically that's a lie, but brought into cyber. So lying in real life is part of deception. And uh, now we bring those type of lie into cyberspace. By lying to the attacker, we protect ourselves. What about Internet of Thing? Internet of Thing. So basically, we are all part of it. If you have a cell phone, you know, that's Internet of Thing, sensor, smart home, you know, self-driving car. So all of those features that you hear are part of the Internet of Things. Even the light that we have, you know, come from a smart grid, and uh, that will be part of Internet of Things. Another way to call it will be cyber-physical system. You know, that's almost synonymous to Internet of Things. So, but, you will be surprised to see here Battlefield. Battlefield because we work for the Army and we are concerned about the Battlefield and what will be the thing on the Battlefield. You have a military drone, military robot, self-driving vehicle, wearable device, all of that will be part of the internet of battlefield thing. So we're gonna go deeper into those concepts. And uh, basically, why are we investigating this topic? We know that the army face intelligent adversary and the environment is very dynamic, very competitive. And we need a scientific foundation to understand a competitive dynamic environment. And we want that at the end to be automated. 
to have a quick response time and that's why we are using this type of framework. And uh, this what I just mentioned, what will be IOBT or internal battlefield thing, those will be self-aware, you know, interconnected, adaptive, autonomous, you know, thing that we find on the battlefield. And those things will be what? Sensor, actuator, drone, vehicle, robot, you know, all of those things. So they are part of the battlefield. And you have last here a short definition of game theory. So the study of mathematical model of conflict and cooperation between intelligent, rational decision maker. And everyone knows that if you have a battlefield, basically we have a conflict. There is no battlefield without conflict. And we have intelligent adversary, so making the motivation for game theory very direct. So this is our laboratory organized around 10 essential research programs. And those essential research programs are derived from uh, what you see here in blue. Those are the IME Chief of Staff Priority. And from the Chief of Staff Priority, you have six of them highlighted here. We formulate essential research program. And basically, what I'm presenting today is part of the SETC, the Cyber and Electromagnetic Technology for Complex Environment. Yes, the name I have just changed, but you know, I, do not, I didn't have the new slide. You know, it has been updated a little bit. And uh, so this is our laboratory. And under this project, we have the camouflage and decoy of cyber and electromagnetic activity. And I'm working on the cyber part. And we have another directorate working on the EW, electronic warfare component. And uh, that's what I just described. And basically, we want the enemy not to perceive the true reality. We want to project another reality to the enemy, different from the ground truth. Yes. And uh, bringing that into cyber, all cyber attacks start at the recognizance phase. This is the kill chain for cyber. The kill chain basically means you start collecting the information, you discover some vulnerability, you exploit one of those, then you take control of one machine, you seek higher privilege, like administrator privilege, then you go step by step deeper into the network, that's like the whole movement, and you get to your objective, you see? So that's the kill chain. And at the army, we want to be proactive. That means start our action very early in the kill chain not wait to be compromised and then react to the compromission. So how a cyber attack works, basically the attacker have to collect information about what nodes are involved, what application inside each node, what operating system do you have, what hardware, what protocol, you know, are used for communication and for many things, and those information are how vulnerability are discovered. And a successful cyber attack, 
exploit one or more vulnerability. So if at the beginning we have deception, we have lie, we misrepresent our system, basically the attacker will be collecting the raw information about our system and will be launching the raw attack. That will not be successful. So that's what we are trying to achieve here. And we have a few challenges that uh, the device that we have on the battlefield, the IOBT, sometimes have limited battery, commercial of the shelf, heterogeneous, they are mobile, and working on a contested and congested environment. Those are the challenges we face. And we have prior work that have looked into cyber deception. We have a reference for that at the end. And uh, I'm going to go forward, but uh, you can have time to look the detail of those reference. And basically, I'm going to show a scenario to illustrate a standard cyber attack. So looking at this battlefield, what will happen, the attacker will start looking at a weak link. And a weak link can be one of the wearable devices, generally commercial of the shelf, that can have you know, enough vulnerability. And since this device connects to others, that will be a good entry point for the attacker. So follow the book here, and see step by step what can happen. So from that wearable device, that can compromise the robot, then a few sensors, and go step by step deeper into our network until reaching the command center. And when you reach the command center, basically, you can create the maximum damage. So this will be what we call lateral movement. And what we just represented is just one of the parts. But in fact, there are multiple parts. And all those combinations of parts can be represented here by what we call an attack graph. You see? And how do we get to the attack graph? That will be all the vulnerability that the attacker were able to collect from the recognizance phase so that it has a good indication that to get to this node, for instance, this is the way to go, or that's the way to go. Those are step by step the vulnerability I need to exploit to be successful. So then our key question is how we can perturb this attack graph by adding some fake node that will be the standard honeypot that we know about for a long time, by adding some fake edge, that means fake application inside the node that have vulnerability, and how to hide some critical node or hide some edge so that at the end, by doing all of that, the attacker observes a different graph from the true graph. So that now, launching a cyber attack, such attack can no longer be as successful as what we just presented. So this will be cyber deception in this context in the nutshell. So to say that in more detail, each of those nodes that we have will have a hardware, and vulnerability can be at the hardware level, can be at the operating system, can be on some specific application 
or even a user. That's where you have those edges on the attack curve. They correspond to specific vulnerability that can be at each of those steps. And going, we formulate a vulnerability multigraph. Multigraph because what from two nodes you can have two different edges if you have two vulnerability. That's what makes a difference. And uh, if you have uh, an edge, that means what? There will be connected only if on node V1 you have a vulnerability and on node V2 you have an open port that allows an attacker to exploit that vulnerability to go from V1 to V2. Basically, that's what we are summarizing here. And the type of deception, as I highlighted, is to artifact node, hide a critical node, or increase the perceived or decrease the perceived value of that node. That is at the node level. We can also do that at the edge level. Artifact edge, you know, hide some edge or increase or decrease the potential cost of those vulnerability. And since we are doing game theoretic modeling, we have also some key factors that are important, like the transition probability from one state to the other, the monitoring probability, how accurate is your monitoring of the attacker action, you see? So those are factors going from zero to one. The discount factor basically showing how patient you are how do you value future payoff compared to current payoff? And it can also be just make a, a military network look like a civilian network or many more actions. Those will be the different type of deception that we are trying to understand and uh, optimize. So the key research question that we have in, in formulating such a problem is at three level. First will be the initial configuration. That means before the network deployment, how do we allocate the decoy of node and edge in the network, in the attack graph? Where do we create those decoy for the node and edge? And also for the camouflage is to hide what node or what edge should we be hiding? in the attack half in a strategic way, you see. And the second part is after we have deployed the network and the attacker is detected in one of our decoy. So when the attacker hit one of the decoy we have set, how do we dynamically reconfigure our honeypot, our honeynet, basically, you know? So that will be a key configuration. That means reallocate the edge and node that uh, are decoy or that we are hiding, basically. And the last one is the goal recognition. Goal recognition means from the first two steps, for instance, of the attacker, how do we predict what target the attacker is after? Just by looking at the first two steps. Because by predicting that, we can reconfigure our network to better deceive the attacker. So those are the key questions that we are trying to address. So then, 
to address that, we formulate uh, a two-player zero-sum Markov game, and uh, that's basically to know the set of state, the action available to the attacker, the action available to the defender, the transition probability for us here is just one or zero. So if the defender is choosing an edge to disconnect to prevent an attacker to go forward, and the attacker is using that same edge, the attacker will not be moving one step deeper, and the probability will be zero to change from one step to the next or from one node to the next. And if uh, they choose something different, that's an advantage to the attacker. The attacker will be moving the step forward. So that's basically one or zero here. And I'm going to describe this a little more in the next slide, what makes the difference between the immediate reward and the future reward. And this is a discount factor basically showing how patient you know, the attacker can be. The more patient attacker will have a different outcome compared to the less patient attacker. So and from there formulating the game, we go to solve the game by value iteration and uh, basically be careful for those who know Markov decision process, just not a Markov decision process, but a Markov game because what? We have a maximum operator here instead of the max operator because here we are optimizing against the worst case. It's a type of worst case analysis. And worst case means that we have in front of us an attacker who have the knowledge of the system, very smart, you know, understands cyber security, and is there to maximize the damage. So that's the attacker trying to maximize the damage. And that's the defender minimizing the damage, you see. And uh, when repeating such a policy, so this will be one of the game in one set of the game. So you have in one set, that means as a specific note, the action of the defender, that's the column player, and the attacker will be the role player. So you have the action of every player, and you play the game state by state and iteratively, and doing that many times, you get to the level when the value of a node becomes less than a constant that you fix, generally a very small constant, and that will be the convergence. And at the convergence, you have the optimum policy and the optimum value or specific node. So at the high level, this is more difficult to understand, but I'm going to give you a simple scenario to illustrate that. So taking this scenario, we are on the battlefield, and an attacker is looking to go left or right. So by going left, the payoff is 10, the immediate payoff, and by going right, the immediate payoff is 100. You see? So if you have an attacker looking just at the short-term payoff, better to go after the 100. You know? But if you do have an attacker looking at the long-term payoff, that attacker understands that this node has more connection and the node connected to this node have a higher value. So it may decide to go on this node knowing that I have a better chance to get higher value in the future. And the value iteration algorithm solved that nicely in the sense that given how patient you are, that means given your discount factor, 
and the optimum policy you get at the end that will give you what is the best option, what is the true final value of those nodes. So the key message is that if you have a device isolated on itself, that device may was nothing, but if you connect that device to drone, you know, important robot and other thing on a battlefield to more critical node, because that device is connected to more critical node, that device will be more important. So the strategic decision on what to protect will not be dependent on taking isolated node and looking at what their value are in isolation, but it has to be connected to the network topology. You know, what do they connect with and what is the value of what they are connecting with? So, and that's what gets illustrated here. So if uh, looking only at the short term, you just take at the strict value of the node and then going after the node of value 100 will be better. But if you are more strategic and playing a long-term game, maybe better looking at the second step. And from the second step, you understand that you have a chance to get a very high payoff, you know, up to 10,000. So that's the message here. And we want those type of analysis, understanding what are the more critical nodes and what are the best course of action because by identifying the critical node in a connected topology, that's how you come to know where it is best to apply your cyber deception strategy. What node to hide or where to create strategic honeypot, what else to hide and so on. And we want that to be automated and to be automated we need the data, and uh, for today, the most comprehensive database that we have on potential vulnerability is hosted by NIS, the National Institute of Standard and Technology. And they have what we call the National Vulnerability Database. So by looking at that National Vulnerability Database, we can formulate our attack graph knowing the node and how the network topology is and looking at the vulnerability from this, we can build an attack graph. And from building that attack graph, we can also find the score of the potential vulnerability using a second database. That is the Common Vulnerability Scoring System by MITRE. And when you get that, you can now learn the attacker goal, his payoff, and uh, his target, and from there, formulate uh, the stochastic game, find the optimum policy. The optimum policy you will have will be both for the attacker and defender. What is the optimum policy of the attacker? You will get it. What is the optimum policy of the defender? You will get that also. And now, knowing what will be the optimum policy of the attacker, formulate the best deception strategy you know, that you can have to mislead that attacker. That will be the optimum deception strategy. And the cycle continues because the database is not a static database. You can have new vulnerability added. And if you have new vulnerability, that basically means adding on the attack graph new edge. 
It can also be that you find new patch, and if you have new patch, that means you have a solution for those with inhability. There has to be removed. That means removing the corresponding edge on the attack graph, and automatically you can repeat the process and get your optimum policy soon. So that's why we also, the strategy we use here is to compare the attacker payoff when doing nothing, when no deception, what will be his payoff. And now by doing some specific deception action to know the value, the real impact of that, then what you compare the attacker payoff in a game where you apply the deception compared to where you are not applying the deception. Making the difference can show how effective the strategy is. So, and the key factor in a social network is to know how quickly can you compute this optimum policy. So that's why the convergence time is a key factor. And we look into the convergence time you know, depending on the, the, the graph density, the Bernoulli probability here, because we have random graph, and uh, the higher the probability, if you put one, that means a fully connected network. Every node is connected to each other. And if you put zero, no node is connected to each other. And uh, in between, you will have more or less densely connected nodes. So looking into that, and uh, setting in this case, that uh, Bernoulli probability to 0 0.4 and comparing the, the different discount factor, 0 0.9 will be very patient. No, 0 0.9 will be very patient and uh, 0 0.9, no, no, those are the value on top. Yes, the less patient will be the 0 0.7, the more patient will be the 0 0.99. We do have a quick conversion time on the value iteration algorithm here. And uh, that is done with 100 nodes. And uh, looking at the trial probability for nodes that are more or less connected, we also have a quick uh, convergence time of, uh, of the policy. And we look at a different set of strategy, and we found out that basically the optimum policy as formulated here will be a mixed strategy because what if you are planning as an attacker, to use the shortest path, for instance, that means what the defender can also calculate the shortest path and will always be sure to disconnect an edge along your path to prevent you from getting to the target. And that's the true for other strategies. So mixing or randomizing will be the optimum policy, and that optimum policy will give the optimum distribution of uh, randomization here. And uh, now we still have to deal uh, with uh, a lot of uncertainty. And uh, those uncertainty involve imperfect monitoring. And imperfect monitoring because what we cannot always 100% monitor what are the steps that the attacker is taking. So the approach we take for that will be partially observable game. So we are working on that. In computing information, we do not have the full knowledge. And having in computing information means a Bayesian game formulation. 
We need also to learn what is the attacker's attack graph, because in the recognizance phase, the attacker may not discover the full topology or the full attack graph. So if he has only partial knowledge, how do we come to learn the partial knowledge that uh, the attacker have? His goal recognition already described the limited rationality because in a complicated network, we cannot assume 100% and all the time full rationality. So there are models to deal uh, with uh, those limited rationality. And collusion because it's always easier to deceive a single player compared to multiple players. And at the end, we want the mechanism to be distributed based on local decision and local information at each node level because the network itself is a distributed network. So those are the challenges that we are facing and each of them are future research direction that we are actively looking into it. And uh, those are the reference that I mentioned before and uh, this is a good time for your question. Yes. The mic, the mic, to push the mic. Yeah, uh, I'm just wondering how to type graph. Yes. You have a fixed name of layers. All the name of layers could go as, um, say, there are more devices connected. No, it can change. The attack graph that I show is just like an example. You know, I'm not saying that that's the exact attack graph of the scenario I presented. It was just to illustrate that, you know, it's not only one part, there can be multiple parts. And the attack graph can have technically any topology. You know, any topology that the graph can have depends on the network that we are studying. And the topology may not even be fixed with mobile network or mobile nodes, you see. So node will be entering or exiting the communication range of the neighbor and that will change, you know, the structure of the attack graph. And this is also another big challenge to deal uh, with uh, the node mobility. Other mm -hmm. question? Okay, if there's no other questions, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you, it. thank you. Thank you for your time.